0: In Washington, DC, an ad hoc group of feminists, unionists, and critics were printing a commemorative poster. They had trouble getting a picture of her because her photographs, along with most of her other belongings, had been soiled with plutonium and buried by a nuclear sanitation team. Finally, a friend donated a slightly blurred snapshot. The face was tiny and intense shadowed by dark hair and lit only by the suggestion of a girlish smile. Under the picture, Stark lettering was emblazed. Quote, Karen Silkwood, dead because she knew too much. End quote. Excerpt from Rolling Stones, Karen Silkwood, the case of the activist death, January 13, 1977. This was Karen Silkwood, and this is the good, the bad, and the pure, evil. Karen Silkwood was born February 19, 1946, in Longview, Texas. She was raised in Netherland, Texas, and there's nothing about her childhood or schooling apart from she attended Lamar University in Beaumont, Texas. In 1965, she married an oil pipeline worker named William Meadows, and they had three children together. But it wasn't so rosy. The couple had to file for bankruptcy because William liked to spend more than he had. William also liked women too. And when he refused to end an affair, Karen left him. 1972, she moved to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City, and here she briefly worked as a hospital clerk. Then she was hired at the Care McGee Cimarano Fuel Fabrication Site Plant While here she joined the local Oil, Chemical and Atomic Workers Union and took part in a strike at the plant. When it ended, Karen was elected to the union's bargaining committee. At Karen McGee, she was the first woman to get this position. Now she would look into the health and safety issues soon she found what she considered to be a lot of violations in health regulations like exposure to contamination faulty breathing equipment and how samples weren't stored correctly she also found the showers were not up to the scratch and could increase the risk of employee contamination so the oil chemical and atomic workers union didn't like or trust the care mcgee plant and they accused Kerr McGee of making faulty fuel rods or lying about inspection rec- uh, records and for risking employees' safety. With this, oil, chemical, and atomic workers threatened litigation. The summer of 1974, Karen testified to AEC, which is the Atomic Com- Energy Commission, and she spoke about being contaminated about how production had ramped up, but safety standards slipped massively. November 5th, 1974, Karen did a routine check, finding her body had 400 times the legal limit of plutonium. The plant would uh, decontaminate her and send her home with a testing kit for urine and other bodily fluids for more testing. The next day, she went to a union meeting Again she was positive for plutonium which was weird because she only did paperwork that morning. She was decontaminated again but this time it was more intense. November 7th she went to the plant and again found to be dangerously high contaminated. So dangerously that when she exhaled air from her lungs it was contaminated. A team of health physics would go home with her and they found traces of plutonium all over, especially in her bathroom and on her fridge. The house would be stripped and decontaminated. Then Karen, her boyfriend Drew Stevens and her housemate Dusty Ellis were sent to the Los Alamos National Laboratory for more testing. Questions would come up as to how Karen became so contaminated in a three day period. Karen explained spilling her sample in the bathroom on November 7th and this made sense as that sample was very high in contamination while the fresh ones at Los Almas was much lower. Karen believed it was at the plant that she was contaminated. Kerr McGee blamed Karen saying she contaminated herself in order for her to gain public notice and have the plant look bad a book called the killing of karen silkwood by richard rashke says security at the plant wasn't great and workers could easily get plutonium pellets out if they wanted to rashke said the type of plutonium karen came from the production area and that area she hadn't been in for over four months so karen was collecting paperwork for her contamination claim including company papers She was going to go public with the evidence and was going to speak to journalist of the New York Times, David Burnham. November 13th, 1974, Karen left a union meeting. She was seen by attendees with documents at this meeting. Karen would get into her Honda Civic and headed for Oklahoma City alone. She was to meet Burnham and a union officer, Steve Wodka. But Karen never made it. Her body and car were found the east side of the State Highway 74. The car had been hit and ran off the road. The papers that she had earlier were now nowhere to be found. Not on her, not in the car, not outside the car. Karen Silkwood was pronounced dead at the scene. The trooper who came on scene reported finding one to two quilts in the car. A sedative tablet and also found cannabis so he said the report uh, that he gave had it that she fell asleep at the car at the wheel of the car and the coroner's report had doubled the dose of recommended the Quaaludes in her system and that this would make her very sleepy some journalists believed karen's car was rammed with intention to kill her investigations recorded damage to the back of the car and when asked, the family and friends said it wasn't there before she left. With the crash being a front collision, the damage to the back o- of the car didn't add up. A more in-depth exam to the back found paint chips that could only be, have happened be, being hit from another car from the rear and not the front. Karen's family would also say that sh- they'd seen her with documents and now the documents were missing and that she usually had them on the seat beside her in the front. Her family would say she got uh, many phone calls threatening her life just before she died. Speculations of foul play arose. With concerns of contamination, the Atomic Energy Commission and State Medical Examiner asked for Karen's organs to be looked at by Los Alamos Tissue Analysis Program. Public suspicion mounted and led to federal investigation into safety and security at the plant. The investigation found 20 to 30 kilograms of plutonium was missing or misplaced as it was explained. Care-McGee nuclear fuel plants closed in 1975. The DOE or Department of Energy reported Cimarron plant was decontaminated and decommissioned in 1994 but the story doesn't end there Karen's father Bill and her children filed a suit against Kerr McGee for negligence on her behalf the trial began in 1979 and lasted 10 months Jerry Spence was the chief attorney for the estate and William Paul was the chief attorney for Kerr McGee the estate had evidence with Karen's autopsy proving she was contaminated with plutonium before her death To prove it was in the plant, they had witnesses of former employees. The defense had Dr. George Volez, a top-level scientist at Los Almos. He said the contamination in Karen was within legal standards. Later, the defense painted Karen as a troublemaker and suggested self-poisoning. The jury came back with a $505,000 damages to Karen and $10 million in punitive damages. An appeal had it reduced to $5,000 and reversed their punitive damages completely. But in 1984, the US Supreme Court restored the original verdict. Suggestions indicated an appeal may come, but Kerr-McGee settled out of court instead, settling at $1.4 million or $3.75 million today and admitting to no liability. Karen's official death is ruled as an accident and due to her falling asleep at the wheel. However, many, many people believe that this isn't true and that Karen was actually killed to silence her against a big corporation. Many of those inside believe that she knew too much and that the corporation was just too powerful and so they put an end to her before any damages came to them and that is the story of karen silkwood hit that like button if you're not subscribed please get subscribed and ring the hell out of that bell join me next time for the story of the 16th street baptist church bombing four members of the local kkk planted 19 sticks of dynamite beneath the steps of the church described by martin luther king jr as quote One of the most vicious and tragic crimes perpetrated against humanity. The explosion killed four and injured up to 22 people. Until then, this was the good, the bad, and the pure evil.